Hello, I'm back. It's Sean Lally, and this is the Cycle Systems Online Podcast. How are you doing? So here we are in 2024 to talk about cycle tech, bike mechanics, the bike trade, bike culture in general. But today I did want to get quite meaty and quite techy because essentially what we've been um, up against in the last year is some really quite confusing stories and certainly things I'm coming up against in the workshop where I'm like, well, what is going on here? You know, sort of who is taking responsibility here and why am I being asked to take certain questions on board or even give answers that I don't necessarily feel qualified to do. What am I talking about? Well, of course, it's the Shimano crank recall. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably well, well aware of the Shimano 11-speed era cranks, the higher end, which were essentially two pieces of aluminium bonded together that have been breaking apart. We've even had thanks Shimano hashtag for years now. And in fact, our friends at RoadCC say they've been getting emails and messages, even cranks it through the post about this since 2018. Remember, guys, it's 2024 now. This recall started in 2023. And there have been reports of broken cranks before this. It's been such a long-running issue that apparently there are now up to 3 million affected crank sets worldwide. Obviously, Shimano have a huge amount of market share. So what I wanted to look at is how and why did this issue take so long to actually get taken on by Shimano? And then what effect has that had on the recall What's it like at the cliff face? Because I'm right there, you know, climbing the north face of the Eiger here in Switzerland, working as a mechanic in a bike shop. Sean the shop prat is back again. And I wanted to look at how it affects the brands, how it affects the shops, you know, businesses themselves, how it may affect Shimano as well. So what's happening? Well, quite simply, a certain proportion of 11-speed cranks have just been breaking at the bond. Shimano were not listening, not listening, talk to the hands because the face ain't listening for years. And then it got to the point where we've had so many um, cranks actually, you know, reported and recorded as broken, even by Shimano. So Shimano USA had over four and a half thousand recorded instances of these cranks failing and of course worldwide that's going to be far more and of course instances that are not reported is going to be far more as well so it does seem um pretty scary north america alone it's three quarters of a million crank sets that are potentially affected i say worldwide three million and the concern is well why did shimano take so long to actually respond to these issues. Now, if I knew about this as an issue, you knew about this as an issue, we can be sure that Shimano definitely knew about this as an issue. And I think it's something I've said, I know it's something I've said actually on the podcast before, the bike industry doesn't really care if you die. Now, it's a pretty big thing to say, isn't it? But quite frankly, 
when there are crank sets which are failing. And of course, a crank set could easily fail when you're in a high power moment. They could have failed under a professional rider in a Tour de France sprint where these guys are hitting, what, up to 80 kilometers an hour. So if you know that that crank has a potential to break and the rider to crash, that is a potentially lethal situation, as we've tragically seen even in the last year of professional cycling. And it makes me think of other instances, such as the um, carbon clincher debacle, where full carbon rims were made for bikes with rim brakes and clincher tyres. And many of you, I'm sure, remember when people actually put the brakes on on these um, wheels and especially drag the brakes down mountain descents, the epoxy would heat up and would start to soften in the wheel. The air molecules would expand inside the inner tubes and the tyres would blow off the rim. Reasonable amount of times with quite serious results. And again, no consideration of ride safety when the bike brands must have known that was happening. Shimano, actually, to their credit, in this instance, never released a full carbon clincher. They were always aluminium rims with a carbon fairing. Same with head wheels as well. If you want to hear about how Zip got round that, actually, if you're a member of our Team Camp program, our online mechanic program, you can listen to a wonderful interview with Josh Portner, who developed the Zip carbon clincher wheels and tells us what they did. And independent people like Raul Lucia say Zip was certainly the very best. But anyway, I digress. I guess going back to 2011, I ran a miss about my favorite era in road bike technology, but that is another podcast. So what's happening then? It can be left-hand crank or right-hand crank, and there can be failures um, which start at a number of different areas. So if there's a problem and the cranks can break apart and the brand knew about it, you would have thought that they'd recall the cranks immediately and they record recall all the cranks, but it's not what's happened. The cranks were just, you know, the problems were ignored completely for years. And I think this has compounded Shimano's problems now. And as to why that's happened, well, there's the basic commercial interests of Shimano where they're thinking, if we ignore this, it'll go away. And it hasn't, of course, but someone somewhere must have been thinking, if we ignore this, just go away, it will take care of itself. We're Shimano, we can do whatever we want. A lot of people have accused Shimano, I suppose, as they would have all big brands, of arrogance due to their large market share. Another thing, possibly, is the Japanese attitude of saving face. And this is quite a well-known part of Japanese culture, that saving face is a a crucial and critical element, even to the point where I heard a story from a pilot who said that the Japanese co-pilots, if the Japanese pilot was going to fly into a mountain, they wouldn't say, sir, we're about to fly in a mountain, would you adjust course? They were too deferential. And the pilot who's flying into the mountain, wouldn't change course because he's saying, I'm going this way and I'm not going to change. And in fact, what happened, this was recognized in the industry, 
is the Japanese airlines started to use Kiwi co-pilots from New Zealand because they found out in their research that Kiwis were the most likely to say, mate, you're going to kill us, change course. So it feels like Shimano would try to save face by not admitting there's a problem. Reminds me maybe of when threadless headsets came out in the early 90s and Shimano said, these are no good. Headsets should be threaded. Fork series should be threaded. And what happened is the entire industry went threadless, pretty much apart from a few hipsters or city bikes with their quill stems. So Shimano were just complete mods and went, my ball, I'm taking it home. They stopped making headsets. <laughs> so this is what we're dealing with potentially. I don't know. I'm just putting out ideas and conjecture. But what we do know is the problem was not recognized for at least five years, if not before. So when the recall finally happened, Shimano said, okay, there's a problem. We can't ignore it now, but we're going to have a voluntary recall. So often when there's recalls and in the bike industry, and I'm going to do a separate podcast about this, we do see a lot of warranty work and we do see a lot of compulsory recalls from brands who say every single SL7 or every single this or that the other needs to come back because it's dangerous and the forks are breaking or the head tubes snapping and this kind of thing. It's often a problem at the front end of the bike, isn't it, these days? But this is the crank sets and essentially it's a voluntary recall. So Shimano is saying, if you want to, if you feel like it, if you can be bothered, take the cranks or the entire bike to your local Shimano dealer. They'll inspect it. If they find, this is the critical thing, if they find any cracking that's begun, send it to us and we'll replace the cranks. As you might imagine, with 3 million units to replace, if it was a proper recall, Shimano do not have that many Ultegra Dura Ace chain sets just sat around. So ones that won't snap. So they're trying to minimize the amount of crack sets they need to replace. However, what that means is firstly, there'll be some people, and I've noticed this attitude quite strongly in Switzerland, where a lot of the riders are saying, oh, I've heard this is a humidity-based issue. This is quite a dry country relatively. I'm not going to bother taking it in. Or people are like, I'll take it to the bike shop and completely trust the process. All I can say as a mechanic who's recently been handed a crank for inspection, I've not been so impressed. So first of all, I said to the manager of the bike shop, what's the company policy? And he said, you need to check for this damage. And if it's okay, then it's okay. Um, I did this. I couldn't actually see any problems in the crank set. So it was passed as safe. No one double checked it. But my problem is that in um, Road CC's tests, and they actually sent these chain sets off, crank sets off to structural engineers, they found that the failure, uh, the cause of failure, was completely inconclusive. Maybe it was environmental degradation, you know, from water and moisture getting in. Maybe it was just the poor bonding. Maybe it was different amounts of bonding being used due to poor quality control. No one actually knows. I think this is a critical point. Whatever's being claimed, no one knows what's causing this. And also, just because a chain set isn't showing any forms of cracking or damage now, doesn't mean 
it won't in a month or a year, etc. So Shimano are essentially saying to the dealers, the bike shops, you pass this as safe or not, when the bike shops do not have the skills, the equipment, we are not structural engineers, in case you didn't notice. We do not have the ability, I believe, to properly assess this equipment as safe or not. It's PR. Apart from, you know, catching the very worst of the cranks and my friends in the UK where it um, maybe, you know, the environment is causing an issue, they're saying one in three cranks they're finding and sending back. But if you find a crank that looks okay, you can't send it back. The current turnaround time in the UK is five weeks, which in the off season for us in the Northern Hemisphere is not too bad. Hopefully you're not riding your Jura Ace uh, quick bike in the middle of winter, guys. If you are, listen to our winter bike um, episodes and get yourself a winter bike sorted. But I am definitely concerned that um, these inspections are cursory at best. So I'm not the only one that thinks this. And what's happened in the States, of course, is a class action lawsuit has been filed requesting a trial by jury. And really, everything that's being said here is completely fair enough. This isn't someone taking a microwave manufacturer to court because the microwave didn't have a warning sign on saying, do not dry your wet cat in the microwave. I don't know if that's an urban myth or not, but... That's a story I remember from the 80s or 90s. But essentially, this class action lawsuit is not just taking Shimano in. And I think this is really important. Specialized in Trek, who were two of the big three, with Giant being the third one, of bike manufacturers, are also being included because essentially the um, people taking this lawsuit are saying Shimano and Specialized and Trek knew this was a problem and they sold the cranks anyway. It could really be applied to any bike brand, but of two big bike brands, I guess they are fairly easy target. So the suit alleges that Shimano is aware for years that its crank sets had issues that could cause them to break, yet they waited till September the 21st, 2023 to take action and issue a recall. And that's absolutely fair enough. The suit also alleges Shimano's recall is ineffective since it only addresses crank sets already showing signs of bonding, separation, or delamination, leaving riders whose crank sets have not yet shown these signs without recourse while possibly putting them in a dangerous situation should their cranks fail at some point in the future. Funnily enough, just what I thought, just what many of our friends on the Dial Up Your Cycle Tech Skills Facebook group have said as well. There are riders saying they've been injured financially because their bikes purchased are a lesser standard, lesser grade, lesser quality than represented. They have potential safety issues. And thank you, American lawsuit people. The suit is alleging that the recall puts bike mechanics in a precarious position. It does. It really does. The recall process has instructed customers to have their crank sets evaluated by a bike mechanic at a retailer. Bike mechanics are being asked to make this engineering judgment based solely on a visual inspection without the benefits of stress testing. So another direct quote. Absolutely what I've been saying 
many other bike mechanics have been saying as well. This means the bike mechanics and bike shops have a potential legal liability in the event a replacement is denied or a defective crankset later breaks and causes injury. So essentially, it is pretty major stuff there for Shimano, potentially for Shimano and Trek. Um, I've had American friends on Dial Up Your Cycle Tech Skills explaining to me much in a much broader sense what a class action lawsuit is, how it works. Essentially, they can drag on for years and years and the lawyers get rich and the, the law gets poor as one great song said. So essentially, what do we do then as bike shops and as bike mechanics? It's very, very difficult to tell because we want to keep our customers happy. Obviously, people come in and what we're seeing here in Switzerland is customer comes in, hey, I've got a bike with this 11-speed crank set. Could you please check it? And at the same time, will you do a service? And will you do this? Will you do that? So that can be anything from kind of 300 francs. And that's pretty much a euro or a pound or a dollar. It's all roughly, roughly the same kind of thing. But it could be up to five, 600, uh, even more um, bucks worth of servicing as well. So shops, it's in very much their interest to do the recall. And in fact, I don't know what would happen to your Shimano dealer accounts if you actually refuse this work but i don't think many people are going to refuse the work and i if i was the manager of the shop or the owner of a shop i would be wanting the customer to sign some sort of disclaimer to say the crank's been visually inspected however this is not stress testing and this does not necessarily guarantee that your crank won't break at some point in the future so if I was a customer, I'd be pretty unsatisfied with that, wouldn't you? I mean, can you imagine that in the automotive industry where there's these things breaking, which might kill people? And, you know, Ford or Chrysler or whomever is saying, yeah, well, we'll get these grease monkeys to look at it for you. And there's no guarantee they'll even spot the problem. You might die in the future because we want to save some money and we don't have the manufacturing kind of backup to replace them all now. It really is a mess. I don't think there's any easy solutions around it, but I think it's very important for us in the bike industry to be as aware as possible as to what's happening. We should definitely be communicating to our Shimano importers. So Fuchs Mavesa here in Switzerland, Madison in the, UK uh, quality bike products in the US, we should all be shouting at these guys to say, you are putting responsibilities onto us, which are absolutely unsuitable, opening us up to potential legal action and letting the customers down. Ultimately, Shimano will retain their market share, I'm sure. Um, I did put up a funny picture in dial up your cycle tech skills facebook group recently of a campagnolo crank that had failed and of course it was what 40 years old maybe 45 years old and as many intelligent mechanics uh, pointed out it's almost certainly because the fag type bottom bracket the campagnolo bottom bracket standard 
the square taper had been fitted on a JIS, on a, a Shimano Japanese type square taper bottom bracket, which is different in its diameter and length. So essentially, the only way to make sure your 11-speed cranks don't break is to have them not being Shimano. That's the only way. There is no other definitive way apart from having the newer Shimano cranks where Shimano say, this problem's now remedied and time will tell. So not exactly a cheery podcast, but I think it's really, really important to lay it out to... Uh, be aware of exactly what's happening. And I'm sure this story will be ongoing. So keep up to date with it all. Anyway, for now, like I've mentioned several times, you can chat with us on Dial Up Your Cycle Tech Skills on Facebook. You can find us Cycle Systems online on other social media platforms. Until then, look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>